You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, everyone. And uh, it's really good to be here uh, connecting with you in some kind of way today. I know that we're on different parts. I'm on this side of the television and you're on that side, but we're still one. And it's good to be here. Uh, today's a day for people celebrate Halloween. Um, all kind of things, ghosts, goblins, and on and on. Well, I want to tell you about a Halloween experience I had a couple of weeks ago. You know, most of you guys know I'm a Los Angeles police officer. And I can't go into too many details what happened, but I get a radio call, and our radio calls go like this, uh, uh, non-coded, uh, code two, which means that non-coded is not emergency, code two means that something just happened, but it's no more danger, potentially, but no more. Code three is light, sirens, everything. Something's going on right now. So I get a call at a gym that I know, and I can't really go into the details of what gym, but... Uh, that people are being threatened by a man with a crowbar. And so, you know, I want to get a call because there's some pretty big guys over there at that gym. Uh, and I just want to see, you know, if it's really a cold three, lights and siren, like they say, you know, kind of like a 3D effect. You ever have police lights behind you and sirens, and it isn't for you, but you pull over anyway because you're kind of trapped inside that. Is this what's going on? And so I get a call, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Before I can even say, hey, what's going on, I hear a bunch of screaming. People are screaming, help, help, police. I mean, tons of them. So I look at my partner, I'm like, we can't get there. We even license siren. We're not going to get there for about four or five minutes. So I activate the kind of like the cold three effect with the uh, 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 other things, um, the police helicopters, other units, I wanted a 3D effect that if people are being t uh, threatened by someone, I wanted them to feel like the police were there, maybe even already before we got there. So I, so code three, uh, this is a uh, time to get the license sirens, time to get uh, additional units, uh, make this a backup, let's get the helicopter there. And so the helicopter pilot said, well, the unit's not even there yet. Why is he activating, you know, a backup? And I said, I heard people screaming on the phone, help, help. And I heard somebody else threatening them pretty bad. So anyway, the helicopter gets over there about four minutes before we get there. Uh, I hear the helicopter pilot said, hey, I see a man chasing people around with a chainsaw. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, you, you guys know it takes a chainsaw and all that and Halloween. And so this is what's going on in my mind. And uh, people are threatened. They're fearful. Uh, we get there, we got police cars coming just in time, and uh tell my partner to get out. Uh, you know, he has a less lethal, which is a, a green, it looks like a shotgun, but it's a beanbag, and it's kind of produces that kind of uh, fear factor. But anyway, long story short, we got the guy to comply, put the chainsaw, or the, it was a big power saw. He put it down, he quit chasing people around, and we took him into custody. People that go at the gym started applying. It was really good. Uh, thank God nothing seriously happened. But, you know, 3D isn't uh, just uh, something scary. 3D, Jesus teaches us that love, it has a 3D effect. It's a connection, it's emotion, different things. I'm going to start off right here in uh, Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. One of the uh, teachers of the law at this time came to Jesus, one of the religious teachers in the community. They wanted to entrap him, and he asked him, what's the, what's the first command, the best commandment, the number one commandment that people should think about? 
And in Mark 12, verse 28, uh, I mean, in verse 29, Jesus said the most important one, Jesus answered is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind and all your strength. You know, this isn't something that I can just kind of go by and go, okay, love God the way I've been loving him. Jesus said, hey, no, no, it takes a connection to love God. We have to love him with all of our heart. So for me, that means that, I mean, I'm going to interact with him. God, I love you. You're, you're really amazing. I really appreciate being with you, that you're my father, that you created me, that you love me so much. And, and on my soul, I look forward to being with you one day and, and, and connecting with you. And, and, and that's how I look at that whole 3D effect of love in one sense. Another one, he said, uh, the second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so when I looked out, when God wrote the book of life, he wrote the book of love. And he's like, there's no greater commandment than the love. And so how do I love my neighbor as myself? And, and Jesus makes it simplify. Ask my, ask, I love myself. How do I love myself? I, 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 if I'm hungry, I get something to eat. If I want a fat burger, I get a fat burger. If I want something sweet, I go to Cold Stone. And, you know, to make it practical, if I'm going to love my neighbor like myself, I'm going to find out what they want, what, what what's going to please them, what whether it's material or whether emotional connection or how I come at them. Uh, I, I didn't do this all these years, but I'm kind of learning more and more that I, I need to love my neighbor as myself. Um, me and my wife, we just started uh, marriage therapists, and this is really incredible. Uh, and one of the things that the um, therapist asked us is like, you know, about our background, uh, and you have religious background. We both told her, you know, 27 years with this particular church, and uh, we told her about all the things we've done with the church. And she said, you know what? Uh, the church has really helped your foundation for marriage in an incredible way. And I said, you know, in a sense, because I was really faithful to the church. I came to church weekly. Uh, I gave my contribution to the church. I served. Uh, but I hadn't been faithful to God. I've been faithful to my wife. I've been faithful to church. I haven't been faithful to my God. Because Jesus taught to love unconditionally. He taught to love with all of our hearts. So whatever pleases God. And for so many years... Uh, even though I became a Christian and did what's right, and someone did me wrong, it, it got on my nerves and it hurt it hurt my feelings, but not to the point where it was my feelings. It caused me to have an attitude. I realized later that there's feelings involved, but it was an attitude. I get mad. I had a grudge. I couldn't care less what happened to them. Uh, some I just wish bad on. And that's not Jesus. You know, that's not how he taught love is. That's not a 3D, like loving somebody as myself. Like this is gonna be an interaction with the scriptures. And so I told the therapist, I said for the, my years, about a year ago to right now, I wanna keep going forward and forward and be faithful to being like my God, like my Jesus, like he is. And so we look in, um, we look here in uh, Ephesians uh, 4. And the second requirement to have this 3D love in Ephesians 4 is to have emotional connection, emotional connection. In Ephesians 4, verse 29, 
Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That's a lot right there. I mean, you say, well, we're talking about what Jesus taught. In, in John, this is the word became flesh and made his dwelling us. The word of God is Jesus. So let's just go right here. What is Jesus? What does God tell us? Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. Only what's helpful building others up. Again, go back 27 years of being in this church. I pretty much would say things that encourage other people, but if it seemed like they had an attitude with me or something like that, or I, I didn't feel them in a certain way, I would criticize them. Not just here. It's not like a owner uh, off switch. That's what I was kind of sharing with her. My wife received that as well with me. If we were going good, if she said something I took as good, I would be kind. She said something I took as not good, I would be just rude in the way I responded. So I haven't been faithful to my God in this area, but I want to be now. Ephesians 4, again, don't let any wholesome talk come out of my mouth. Only help was building others up. Could anybody relate to that? I don't know if anybody else, but I definitely can. Uh, how do you feel when somebody's critical with you? When they're condescending, when they put you down? This is really important because right here in verse uh, 30, God says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you've been sealed to the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God, as Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So that's a lot there. But what I'm going to get out of this particular part right here is like, wait a second. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We know what grieve, I mean, if you don't know what grieve is, it's to, to sadden, to, to hurt someone's feeling, to make them grieve, for crying and, and mourning. And it blows me away that God gave us the ability to hurt the Holy Spirit's feeling. Feelings, to hurt God's feelings, to hurt Jesus' feelings. And how are they hurt? If we look at it right here, it's in the same context of letting unwholesome talk go out of our mouth, putting down people, uh, criticizing people. And it makes all sense to me because I have four children. I love them very much. And when somebody says something or does something wrong to them, it, it doesn't sit well with me. God created everyone. He created everyone. And as a Particularly as a Christian, I'm starting to embrace, I have to, I have to embrace this if I'm going to call myself to be Christ-like, if I'm going to call myself to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. I got to be very careful not to offend and not to hurt the Holy Spirit's feeling. And if I make you feel well, if I make you feel good, if I make other people feel good, then I'll make the Holy Spirit feel good. This, it's just a whole 3D kind of love involving uh, ourselves involving God, connecting with one another. I'm going to go to the last particular part right here. Um, what I've learned is um, love requires us to consider the eternal impact. In Mark 11, verse 25, Jesus says, and when you stand praying, when we stand praying, we kneel praying, whenever we pray, he says, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. When I think about Jesus walking the earth, and we think about Jesus walking the earth, he was forgiving God. 
People brought all kind of people to him, prostitutes. Jesus, now what are you going to do? This person, prostitute, this person was involved in an adulterous relationship. And notice they bring the woman and not the man. And they put her to the feet. Jesus says, you who without sin, be the first to pick up the stone. And then he says, hey, daughter, where are your offenders? I don't know. I don't Go sin no more. Jesus was full of love and full of grace. That's just not my nature. I got to understand, uh, probably until about a year and a half ago, and I'll tell you how that happened. Uh, I didn't really brace that or even think about learning that. Uh, and even the eternal impact. He says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Wait a second. I thought my sins were forgiven when I got baptized. They were. But I have other sins. And, you know, since then, and, and even the sins I had in the past, for God to continue to feel, to, to bless them, to uh, or forgive me my sins, to bless me in a way where I'm pure, it becomes me not holding anything against you. It becomes me not holding anything against my, my wife, my children, my coworkers, people I come into contact with, strangers. Uh, this isn't easy. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that, I mean, some things we have to work on. I know some things I worked on. I remember when Robert came uh, a couple of years ago and, you know, we had dinner and we sat down and, you know, we just had a really good time bonding. And uh, he said, you know, hey, I see things changed over here in Metro LA. He goes, do you see anything else that needs to change? I was like, bro, I'm glad you asked. Uh, you know, there's some people still here that, you know, did things that they haven't went up before the church and apologized and it hurt the church. And I mean, that, speed it up real quick. I met with the people and later, you know, told them how I forgive them. I don't hold anything. But anyway, Robert kind of, you can see in his eyes that he was like, man, I thought we were on the right track. But still, you know, kind of me, I was holding things uh, that I guess maybe he might have thought that I have forgiven. And he goes, well, let's talk later. And I'm like, good, good. To me, I was like, good, good. Robert's going to get this. He's going to get this taken care of. And it was n no longer than about a week later, maybe a couple of days later, I was um, at home and I was praying. And it was kind of like a, a near experience. I was imagining myself in heaven with God and just getting ready to hug Jesus. And it was like a big angel came up and said, wait, wait, Jesus, not yet. He hasn't went and apologized to the church for all the things he's done. He hasn't went before the church and said all the things he's done. Why are you going to forgive him? He don't want anyone else forgiven. And it just blew me away. I came out of that. I was like, look, Lord, well, lesson learned. And I got on the phone. I called Robert. Hey, Robert, remember what I told you needs to happen? Bro, nothing needs to happen. I don't want nobody to have to pay for their penalty. I want nobody to put on blast. I don't want to be put on blast. I want to go to heaven. I want to make it. And I know this isn't easy, like I said, but I'm going to uh, just, in closing, uh, tap on a couple of things that has really helped me move forward, uh, focusing on remedies. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ forgave, just as in Christ God forgave you. I, I, I have to get all bitterness away. The Bible talks about a bitter root that grows up and defiles many. 
I had to get away my bitter root. And the bitter root at that particular time, I'm 61 now, so at 59 when I was kind of going through this, that took 59 years for this root to grow. It's going to take time for it to go away. But I realized there's some things I can do about it. And one is apologizing to God, apologizing to other people, uh, uh, letting letting go of uh, this anger, this bitter root. And, and the other thing that was really big to me, Malachi 6, verse uh, Malachi chapter 6, verse 6, God says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves, and, and uh, young and old? You know, should I bring all these things to God as an offering? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams and ten thousand uh, rivers of oil, uh, olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn uh, for transgressions, the fruit of my body, for sins of my soul? He's shown, he's shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And it really showed me what mercy was. He loves mercy. He doesn't want any of us to perish. He wants all of us to go get with God. And I have to have that same attitude if I want to stay cleansed and I want to stay connected with God and you see this 3D type of love with him, a connection with him. When, when people uh, do me wrong or I feel that they've done me wrong, I really, by me having mercy on them now, I saw a, a particular supervisor, uh, I'm closing, I got about like two minutes, maybe a minute. I saw a supervisor at work that I hadn't seen in years, uh, on a months, and I hadn't seen him. I was happy he had left the division I worked in and I saw him because, you know, me and him didn't really, that was, that's just my sinful nature, actually, you know, judging and all those other things. But anyway, the bottom line is first thing I thought is like, oh, there he is. Second thing I thought about what Jesus says, the love mercy. And I was like, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I wish the best for that man. I wish the best for his family. Whatever role you have him on, I, I just want you to bless him like that. And that helps takes the sting out. So uh, just in closing, uh, love, it's just that whole 3D effect, like you're right there in it. Uh, it takes that connecting, emotional connection, and considering the outcome. What is at the state of loving like God? Uh, it's being connected with God forever, seeing him and seeing all of us together and others together forever in Christ. Anyway, love you. It's great speaking with you. God bless you. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 